The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Well, this morning I would like to talk to you just for a few minutes about uh, God, and we're calling this today, of course, you probably guessed it, God is our Father. Now, I'm sure you're like me, and you have at least spent some time thinking about how you would like to be remembered, or maybe how you would like to be related to. I mean, I've certainly thought about that. You know, when I die, what do I want on my gravestone, or what do I want people to say about me, and uh, the funeral, and you know, what I want them to say. You know, he was a he was a man of God. He was a man of prayer. He was, you know, loving father, loving husband. But I, I really would like it to say, you know, my life to make an impact on this world and on people. And and uh, I, I remember going to my grandpa's funeral, Grandpa Poppy, and I loved him so much. And and he he went to heaven when I was a teenager. And uh, I remember reading the obituary that my parents had written from my grandfather. And uh, it said things like, he really loved his horse. He uh, was good at cribbage. Uh, You know, student of the month in the third grade. And I was thinking, well, gee, um, I guess my parents didn't really have a good relationship with my grandfather because they couldn't think of anything good to say about him. No relationship there or something there. But, you know, what people say about us is really important because it it defines who we are and what we're all about in our lives and how we lived our lives. So when it came to Jesus describing God and what he was like, Jesus said, God likes to be referred to as our father. Now, he already had some really cool names I mean, God, when he first introduced himself in the Old Testament, he said, I am that I am. And that's a powerful, deep statement about him and his name. But he had really cool names like the first and the last, or the Alpha and the Omega. Can you imagine that that being your title? The Alpha and Omega. Um, other really cool names, Prince of Peace. I love that one. King of Kings. Messiah, it's a cool one. Redeemer, I like this one. The Lion of Judah. And so God had all these really cool names, even some names that were so awesome and mysterious and powerful that they wouldn't even mention that name. They would say a derivative of that name, but they wouldn't say the name because it was so holy and so awesome. And then you have the term of the name Father. And it doesn't seem to fit with all those others, does it? I mean, it's just so common, so ordinary. I mean, Father, we're all called Father, at least us us men are. But when Jesus said this about God, saying that we should refer to him as Father, it changed everything. I mean, up to that point, they had all these great titles about God, but nobody ever dreamed of calling him Father. I mean, that just was not on anybody's mind. And here's Jesus saying, we should call him Father. It makes you ask the question, why would God want to be called Father? 
Why would he want us to, be call, to call him father? I mean, he had all these other cool titles, and he could have chosen anything he wanted. Maybe something, uh, you know, really cool or really powerful, really awesome. But he said, call me father. Now, he's saying something about himself, obviously, or he's saying something about us, or maybe both. Jesus called himself the good shepherd, and then he said that we are his sheep. And if you know anything about sheep, you know they're the dumbest, most helpless animals on the farm. Uh, So helpless that they literally don't have anything about their anatomy that enables them to protect themselves. So they're completely at the mercy of the shepherd, 100% dependent upon the shepherd. So Jesus said of himself, I am the good shepherd and you are sheep. I mean, it would have been cool to have Jesus say, you are the lion, you know, are you the lioness and I'm the lion tamer? No, he said we're sheep. And uh, the title father is open enough and yet it, it, it allows for some interpretation there. If the name was too specific, too descriptive, then that might not be good. Like the the title captain, call me captain. So I say that and you think, okay, that's cool. Captain, that's a good name, Captain Kirk. What if I made it a little bit more specific and said, call me captain of the Titanic, then you have a different thought that comes to mind, right? And so he said, father... And it leaves the door open a little bit there in case you had a really bad father growing up. And your father was either not there or abandoned you or abusive or something like that. It leaves the door open just enough so that you can say at least, well, I had a bad father experience, but at least God, there's a chance that he's not that way. There's a chance that God is good. But the term still kind of has that connotation or at least the possibility of a negative term. And God seems to be okay with that. He authorized the name. He must be okay with it. He's never really been that concerned about his reputation. I mean, after all, he chose some of you to be his followers. And so he's certainly not worried about what people think of him. But it has this wonderful balance between love and discipline. Some years ago, it's been years since I've had to really discipline any one of my boys. They're all getting older now. But years ago, I remember one of my sons, and he, you know, he, I don't even know what he did. He just, he did something that deserved a spanking. And uh, so, um, I, you know, I, I, like a good father, you know, I gave him the spanking, and then uh, he said to me a little bit afterwards, he said, he said, Dad, are we friends? And I said, yes, buddy, yes. And I was thinking he's, you know, he's kind of mourning over what he did in that whole spanking episode. And he said, well, Dad, if we're friends, uh, friends don't give each other spankings. And after I stopped laughing, I said, son... I'm first your father and second your friend. 
And so God wants to know that he loves us. He loves us an incredible amount. I mean, far beyond whatever you could possibly imagine God loves you, and he wants to communicate that love to you. He wants to show you that love, and so he chose the perfect title for himself, Father. It gives the perfect balance between love and discipline. I remember years ago watching a CNN story about Jeffrey Dahmer, and it was just a a horrific story. I mean, it went into great detail and all the crimes that he committed and just horrible, horrible, horrible murders and awful, terrible stuff. And thinking to myself, oh, I mean, what an evil, I mean, that's just evil incarnate what this guy did. It was just so horrible and so evil. And then they interviewed his, his dad, Jeffrey Dahmer's dad. And uh, he didn't look anything like his son, this little frail guy. And of course, I mean, you can imagine uh, how he felt. He was completely just devastated and undone. And, and I remember in that interview him saying that he loved his son. He hated what he did. He thought he was a monster. He thought it was a horrible crime. And he, and he felt so terrible for the victims. But he still loved his son. And the interviewer said, well, why? I mean, you know, why do you love your son? He said, because he's my son. And even if you can't comprehend how anyone could love a mass murderer, you can understand how his father would. It's his son. And I think that gives us even a little more understanding of God's great love for us. It's the perfect analogy. I mean, children... If God is our father, then we are his children. And that means that we're so helplessly dependent upon him and the fact that he's good, that he's a good father. I mean, if you have children, you understand the enormous, um, (laughs) how do I put it? Uh, My kids are coming to next service, so I've got to be careful with this. The, The great... Opportunity to show love that you get as a parent uh, to your children uh, to serve them and to love them and to be sacrificial in your love towards your children. I mean, it's, it's all the serving and all the feeding and clothing and picking up after them and cleaning up after them and cleaning their messes and teaching them constantly, all the time, never ending, trying to prepare them for their life, protecting them, loving them, listening to them at times when the conversation is juvenile. You know, as only a parent understands that. I think it's mothers, at some point, you just long to have a conversation with an adult. (laughs) But providing for them and and comforting them when they need comforting and and taking care of their every need and their needs getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more and more and more and more expensive and just wait till they get into college and and you feel like you're just going to work every single day just to provide for these children and when people are willing when parents are willing when mothers and fathers are willing to make that daily sacrifice of love 
those children grow up and they're balanced and they're confident and they're secure and they succeed greatly in life because they've been prepared by parents who love them and have served and sacrificed. And when parents aren't willing to make those sacrifices, and a lot of parents aren't, they're not willing to do that. They, they're selfish. They want to take care of their own needs. A lot of times they want to just go and play and, and they're just too tired and they want to deal with it and leave me alone. And so the children don't get what they need and they grow up to be adults who are severely disabled, lacking many, many things that they need for success in life. But because God is our father and he's good, it means that we can depend on his goodness. We can count on it, that he loves us and he's good. Jesus even said this very thing. He said this, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, don't give them, uh, you don't give them a stone instead. Or if they ask for fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So if your parents are going to give you good gifts, give them to your children, how much more a loving, almighty Father in heaven would give us good things? Jesus is saying this is God's promise to us that he's going to bless us and give us a great future and a hope. I personally would like to go back to the days when a loaf of bread and a fish was a good gift. (laughs) That'd be nice. Now it's, Dad, I want an iPad and a thousand bucks, please. It also says something about us that God, if he's our father, then he wants us to approach him as children. He thinks of us as children and, and that our approach to him, our relating to him is as if we were children. Now, if you're an adult and you may find that more difficult, but there's one thing that I love about kids and that is that they're open. Have you noticed that about kids? I mean, where everyone else would just reject a person or walk by them or not notice them, a child will. And if nobody's willing to go up to that person a little child will. How they are so accepting, so loving, and so open. There's a story about Blondin, and he was a um, tightrope walker in the 40s and uh, early 50s, and uh, famous for going across Niagara Falls and so he'd put these ropes across and he'd, he'd, he'd walk out into the front uh, to the middle of the rope and, and cook an egg on a stove and he'd carry everything out there and do it and then come back and he would go out and he'd do handstands and cartwheels and and so on one occasion he had this wheelbarrow and uh, it was a huge crowd of people there and he said does anybody want to jump in the wheelbarrow and I'll take you across Niagara Falls and only one person was willing to go his daughter His daughter, oh, pick me, pick me, dad, pick me, dad, I want to go. Full of faith, trusting her daddy, and open. Now, I don't know what you think of all of this today, all that's been going on, the baptisms and 
the fact that it's Father's Day, it's impossible for me to know what's going on in your mind. But maybe even if you think all of this is foolishness and it's just not for you, maybe today you would consider just being open for one day. Be open about God as your father. For one day, just take today and say, I'm going to be open to this. I'm not a child, I'm an adult, but I'm going to be open to God as my father for one day. And investigate it yourself. Look into it yourself. Too often, we just take things for granted or we say, well, I know the Bible or I know religion and I, I heard that and I know about this and I've been to services before. I've seen that. Have you really looked into it yourself. Don't leave it to somebody else. Grab a Bible. Start reading your Bible. I'd recommend you start in the book of John and start finding out who Jesus is and what he said and the claims he made and find out for yourself who Jesus really is. I think if you do, you'll be surprised you'll be surprised to see that not only is he a loving God like you thought he was, he's far more than that. Far greater love than you ever imagined. And he loves you. A real easy way, a first easy step on this whole process is the the little connection card that we have at our church that we talk about all the time. Go ahead and grab your card real quick, and I'll tell you about the backside. On the backside, there's this little box you can check that says, I would like to begin a relationship with Jesus. And all you have to do is check that box. It says, I'll I'll talk with, I want the pastor, one of the pastors to call me, somebody from the church, secretary, anybody, call me and talk to me about Jesus. That's a great first step. And then when we do call you, you answer the phone or email or whatever information you put on the front. And we begin a dialogue of your investigating claims of Jesus. And you can start with the fact that he said, God is our father.